0: Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the At The Coalface podcast with me, Jason Greenwood, your host. It's my pleasure to welcome Eric Vivang from ClickDone to the pod. Welcome, Eric. Hey, how are you doing, Jason? Very good. And you're uh, you're dialing in from Dallas, Texas. Dallas,
1: Texas. Yeah. Me and my family, we live pretty much in the city on the Northern part.
0: Beautiful. And uh, I guess you guys get pretty much stunning weather year round.
1: Not true at all. That's I think some people actually, yeah. People think that I thought that I always thought of Dallas, Texas as the hot place, but what actually sucks about Dallas? is that you don't have much of a spring or much of a fall you have you have really hot summers and we have some brutal cold winters sometimes so since i've been here it's snowed every winter and when you think dallas texas you don't think snow but trust me it's been pretty rough
0: that's amazing i know that obviously with the great last winter with of course there was those two or three weeks there where. Power was out across massive parts of Texas. And I know a lot of Texans were freaking out because it was cold in areas of Texas that it hadn't been cold for a very long time. But as you say, there was tons of areas that got snow and power grid was taking an absolute hammering. And man, it was like you guys were snowed in for a couple of weeks.
1: It was bad. My neighborhood was one of those parts of the city that in a rolling 24 hours, I maybe only had about an hour and a half of power. And so the inside temperature on the home was hanging in the mid 40s and so it was extremely miserable.
0: I'm glad you guys made it through and yeah, hopefully there's been a bit more resilience built into the network now in light of these. They keep calling these things like the floods and everything else and snow, they call them once in a 100 year events, but uh, they're clearly not that rare so hopefully things are a little bit more well planned now.
1: Yeah, this winter we had some snow and didn't have our
0: power go out one bit. So yeah, man, we're doing well. Very good to hear. Now, you are the founder and CEO of Kik- and you've been running that for just coming up on a year now. You're also founder and CEO of, of local sod And you ran, you are the founder and CEO of Atlanta Sod Company and ran that till June 2019. So you are a, a serial entrepreneur by the looks of your bio on LinkedIn. We were introduced by a mutual friend. And the reason why our friend made the introduction is because Click Done, as I understand it, is effectively an e-commerce platform that you've built from the ground up for the services industry.
1: You nailed it. Absolutely. I've noticed a, for the last five years now, a severe deficiency in the
0: service space.
1: And, and I always look at services as like human beings doing work for human beings. And of course, a lot of times there's products involved, but a lot of times it's, it's sweat, it's labor, you're doing something, you're functioning for another person and they're paying you and e-commerce has just been really underused in that arena. And so I just felt like it's my mission to fix that kind of provide the magic bullet in this space. And I started, I hold myself up in an office for about a year and took all the stuff that I learned from the past and the vision I have for the future. And I've been building a product, a SaaS product that's going to fulfill
0: the needs of the service. And are you primarily targeting this platform at the likes of tradespeople, for example? hairdressers anybody who does a service and gets paid for their time on an hourly rate type of basis is that where this is targeted at so the likes of your builders or people that work in the sod industry like you you come from where they a service person might come out and sure they're selling sod but they're also selling their time to lay the sod and put it down people like carpenters and plumbers and and electricians and all sorts of other tradespeople that typically get paid by the hour for their services and they have to manage bookings, they have to manage the deposits, they have to manage time payments and all sorts of other things. What is the primary target market that your your if we were to look at your ICP, your ideal customer profile of this first cohort of customers for your platform? What are you targeting?
1: Absolutely. So we've broken it down into three main customer types. Like you mentioned, the home service pros. These are your garage door techs, landscapers, plumbers, HVAC, electrical handymen, windows, all that kind of stuff, house cleaning. But there's also a huge class of people that are doing personal services. And I really am excited about personal services going into different countries. When I say personal services, I am talking about the hairstylist, the massage therapist, the babysitters, people that go out and detail and wash cars, dog walkers mechanics, virtual assistants. And of course, as you go travel around the world and go into some of the third and second world countries, these are very undeveloped countries, but most of these people have cell phones and a lot of the people you know that are starting at the bottom and making their way through and, and starting businesses, they're actually doing little things like this tour guides or driving people around. And so that's personal service. But then what I'm doing on a larger scale and because I, I already have beta software that I'm using in an existing prototype business. We see this enterprise slash entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur slash consultant slash create target market two that's needed. I started talking to a lot of like web designers and freelancers and marketing agencies that I was trying to get them to solve my problem early on. And what the feedback I kept getting from all of them was, hey, I don't know how to do that because I don't code. I don't, you're going to need someone who's a big time expert, but it's, they kept telling me like your question and your need has been coming up a lot lately, and I have so many people who need, if you ever find the solution, Eric, come back and tell us about it. And so one of the features, or I should say one of the subscription models we're going to be offering is going to be for consultants, creatives, freelancers, and stuff like that, so they can manage multiple businesses and help people come into the click-done universe and be served by like a marketing agency.
0: Makes sense. And so for you guys, effectively, you want to be in that space, let's just call it digital services for as an umbrella term. So you guys would see yourself as a better opportunity or at least a, I guess, a higher margin opportunity or margin retention opportunity versus, say, a marketplace like a Fiverr or some of the other marketplaces for digital services. And this is an opportunity for those people that work in the digital services space to effectively market and sell their skills on an hourly rate basis or a project basis directly to their consumers so those freelancers selling direct to, yeah. to their in a b2b way to their business customers directly through your platform
1: absolutely and so that's I love that you mentioned like Fiverr and all these things because you're right like once so the whole thing about what a lot of entrepreneurs need they need a website and they need a way to communicate what they do and they need some sort of payment system that customer to pay for it and so our product solves all of that. And typically, someone who's starting their first business or launching their first website, they're going to Google or call a local website designer or uh, a marketing agency. They're probably going to only want to spend maybe a hundred to $5,000, just somewhere in that range. And they just need to get off the ground. Like They're already doing good work. They have a close network of people that know what they're doing, but they're trying to scale up. And so essentially what click done is for a consultant or a creative or, or a talent that's already out there, they can have an account. And if they have the highest level, they can build up to 20 businesses inside of, inside of their subscription. And so they have, they can create different deliverables. They can charge that business like a one-time fee to launch their e-commerce website. They can also then charge them monthly to, maintain it and operate it and deliver them reports on it but they could also hand it off and that of course is simple just by transferring ownership of the business that was built um because again click done is hybrid software that's what I like to call it essentially it's a high functioning simple easy to use crm which fulfills the back end of what the website builder does which is puts that person's skills and ability on their webs on a website it converts easily displays easily so their customers can buy what they're doing and order it and schedule it and all that good stuff. So yeah, we created this other model. And again, that's what I'm using in the beta. We've got 20 locations. So 20 different cities here in the United States. I have one access admin portal where I can look at every single one of those cities. I can look at the sales. I can look at the customers. I can change prices on a dime and I can alter anything about each individual business, but it's all managed under login.
0: Beautiful thing. Now you guys are technically still in beta. Do you have a plan for when you officially plan to launch, go to market and make this, you know, come out of beta and make it open to kind of everyone? And do you have your subscription model kind of nutted out as to what features and functions you're gonna get? And do you gonna have multiple tiers of subscription or is it one fee and it's every it's everything in the kitchen sink all included for the one monthly fee?
1: Yeah, so we are getting close. So I have the UX and UI probably 95% done. So I can take people through a demo of exactly how it works on the back end. We also have framework and demo company like what the live websites look like once they're published. But yeah, we do have four different subscription models already laid out. And again, my target market, we are going to go into the home service space probably first because that's my greatest network and that's what i know the most so for those people we're not going after the hundred million dollar a year plumber hvac guy that's already established and there's usually about three to four major installers doing 100 million plus in each major city in the united states we're not going for those guys our target not at first anyways our target market is truly like their technicians the guys that have been there for maybe three four five, 10 years that are dreaming about starting their own business. They can easily create a beginner account at ClickDone, keep their current job where they're at, and start running this newly created side to give them an easy transition. So the beginner business plan is going to be around $50 a month. That's with a yearly discount. You get to support one business. Of course, we do have a partnership agreement with UCO. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're listed publicly on NASDAQ. They are enabling us to be a complete white label PayFAC. So all the payments will be handled within ClickDone. So that'll be at like a 3.29. You'll be able to launch one business, run it and launch the e-commerce store. Then we have a growing business plan. You still only one business. You get a lower rate. You get into the 2.99 on your credit card transactions, but you can have up to five staff accounts. So this is for anybody who's grown a little bit. Maybe they're doing over 100,000 a year. They're going to have maybe a secretary or maybe they have installers or foremen. And then of course you can go through each one of those users and assign different profiles to them, what they can access, what they cannot access. The third tier is expert entrepreneur. What I love about this is this gives someone now the ability to run up to five. Five businesses. So maybe this is maybe it's an entrepreneur who has a painting company, wants to start a car wash company with his dad, and he wants to start a window cleaning business, someone who just likes to keep rolling. This is $4.99 a month with a year if paid in full for the year, or $6.99 a month, just month to month. They can manage up to five businesses. You get a 2.79% on your credit card transactions, and each business can have up to five usernames. Per company, So you get 25 total. And this agencies and franchise, that's, of course, uh, what we use because I have the 20 businesses, you can do up to 20 businesses, you get a 2.59% on the credit card rates, and you can have up to 10 users per business, which of course equates to 200 total staff accounts. Not only is this going to be for the creatives, like we talked about freelancers, marketing folks, but it can also be for like uh, franchise owners. So someone has a business, but there's 10 locations or 15 locations. They can separate all those into that one username and manage it all from one login and see it from a very high level
0: yeah sounds like a pretty much pan business product with multiple effectively multiple tiers multiple modules and as you say you've got almost like a mini crm function within the platform to manage the customer accounts and and see analytics across the customers now obviously we can't see that yet because you're still in the pre-launch phase but obviously once the I'm guessing that once you're fully launched and you're out of beta, then there'll be like a maybe, I don't know, a one-week trial or something like that where a business can sign up for a free trial. They can see, hey, how does this work? Is it actually going to be suitable for my business? And away we go. But how, when you first started and when you were looking at this, what were some specific gaps that you saw in platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce and some of the other existing SaaS platforms out there that are admittedly, especially at the lower end of the, of the tiers that they have. And then they all do have their tiers that go all the way up to, for example, Shopify plus at 2000 USD plus a month. So all the way from $59 a month and everything in between. But what were some of the gaps that you saw in these other e-commerce platforms that are well established, have millions of merchants working with them? What were some of the gaps that you went, Hey, we can do this better. We can orientate our platform towards the services business And have you been coding this yourself? Are you a coder or did you basically just have the vision for this? And then you've been working with developers to get this off the ground.
1: Yeah. So definitely the latter. That's probably out of all the projects I've done.
0: And like you said earlier, I am a serial entrepreneur.
1: I've been starting businesses since I was a kid, but yeah, I don't know how to code. And this is probably one of the first businesses I've ever taken on and had vision for where I couldn't get the thing to market entirely by myself. And so this has been a big step out of my own comfort zone because yeah, I am having to find programmers, which of course, as right now is extremely difficult. I've had to network substantially here around Dallas at some of the places I go to, like my church and community centers and stuff like that. And that's how we've gotten this far. And we've got some great programmers on board, but this kind of goes back to the business I had in Atlanta. And I was like... It, I found like a lot of service business owners. I went to college, but it was just for a brief time. Didn't come from any money. I grew up very poor and I was paying my own way through school. To do that, I started my own little landscape company, sod. And what happened was I did a good job and anybody who does a good job, I started getting pretty busy and I started taking phone calls. And finally my teacher pulled me aside and she said, look, Eric, you're doing great in school and all, but if your phone's going to be ringing like this all the time and you don't have someone to answer it for you, you're going to have to quit school because this isn't going to work. You're not going to keep interrupting my class. So I made a choice that day. I think I was like 22, 23 and I started my own business and I grew very quickly. I think my first year I did 150,000. Second year I did 300,000. I hit a million by my third or fourth year. But I got stuck at a million for the next, I don't know, three years. And then I finally got to 3 million for the last three years and I couldn't get beyond that. And over that 10 year period of running my business, I probably gained 65 pounds. I almost destroyed my marriage because I had turned into an animal. I was like, I was working all the time. I wasn't really communicating well with my wife. And I almost like, yeah, the money was great, but I almost destroyed myself in the process. So I ended up selling the business and I made a lot of money. And I, I sat back. This is about two and a half, three years ago. And I sat back and, I'm like, what do I do now? And I kind of started thinking about different career changes and this and that. All roads led me back to what I really knew. But there was this one thing that always stuck out to me back when I ran the sod company in Atlanta. So in Atlanta, we the 90% of all our revenue was providing a material, which was sod. So grass, if anybody's not familiar with what sod is, it's sod grass. It comes in a pallet. We would prepare the yard, which took machinery. It took a significant amount of labor. And then we would use that uh, manpower to lay the grass. And I was able to get most jobs that other companies would do in two or three days. I could get done in a day and make a wide margin. But over the years, I formed great relationships with the sod farm. So I was getting the materials for prices that were way lower than what maybe anybody else could get the sod for from the material people. So I created on Wix, probably about six, seven years ago, part of the website became e-commerce where I would sell the pallets of grass to people that just wanted to buy the grass and didn't want our install. And I marked it up like 20 to 30%. So that's when I first started understanding the power of e-commerce. But once again, it was product-based. And if you look at how all of e-commerce started, it really all centers around products. So... Thankfully, I had a portion of my business that was products, but I started asking myself once I sold the business, I said, you know, I I'll go back into this here in Dallas, I'll go back into laying sod and selling sod, but man, I do not want to run it the way I used to, which in the service industry or most places, you have to call a human being, talk to a human being, human being has to go out and meet you, go over the project deliver you an estimate, which 10 years ago, it used to be a handwritten estimate. Now it's very digital. And that's as far as technology's gotten us, you can create a nice digital estimate. You can sign it online, you can pay for it online and all that's wonderful. And even all that will go right into a CRM. So all that's easy. It's around now, but actually going out and meeting with customers and doing the sales and all the focus that's created on that, it's a lot. And so I told myself, I'm like, if I'm gonna start this thing again, like there's gotta be a way. There's got to be a way to communicate what I'm doing online so people can just buy it straight away without having to engage me in person. And and even if they need to talk to me, by God, at least we can do it on the phone and just pull up your house on Google Maps or check it out satellite. And interestingly, all this started happening right when COVID happened. And so now my idea became the world's idea. Let's do business away from each other, right? Let's figure out how to get my home fixed up without you shaking my hand. That was perfect for me. So I started doing everything over the phone. I would pull Google maps up. I'd measure their yard with a satellite tool i'd uh say oh yeah i can tell exactly what you have here's why it's not working here's the price okay boom and i was selling jobs two three four five six thousand dollars on the phone in five minutes without talking to them but even that got a little exhausting and i was like man because i'm always trying to make things better so i'm like i'm going to communicate this like i can sure i can show my prices online using wix or Shopify per palette of what the material is going to cost but when it comes to and this is really the secret sauce the answer to your question But the key to properly doing e-commerce in the service world is being able to vary your pricing over quantity. And so you think that would be an easy solution. It sounded easy to me. But if you dive deep into Wix and try to do what I've done now on my beta, there's not a solution. You dive deep into Shopify, there's not a solution. So anytime you start trying to vary the prices over quantity, the way it's displayed to the customer on the website is very clunky. It doesn't really translate and make sense to the person at all. And yeah, I called, I started getting, or I went to the developer part of Wix and talked to those folks and they want to charge me 10 or 15 grand. And I think I finally found a guy, it was like 15 grand and he got me like version one using Wix, but it was, it sucked, it didn't look good. And this guy did his best kind of to the extent that, extent that Corvid would allow. So then I finally went over to Shopify. I made my own version of what I imagined, and it still wasn't what I imagined. Fought for weeks to try to get this thing figured out. Talked to a Shopify expert to custom build me some stuff. He wanted like 35 or 40 grand. And even his solution was like a complete backwards way of doing it. And I knew the end product, whatever he was going to deliver me, wasn't even going to be what I was asking for. That's really the big problem I had. And from there, it literally was a chance miracle meeting at my church. Craziest thing in the world. There was this guy behind me. We started talking. I found out he was a computer programmer, young guy. We met up the next day. I told him my issues. He said, oh man, I can do that for you. And literally two weeks later, he has this beta nailed down. It was exact. It wasn't, it's not the most beautiful thing, but it was exactly what I was envisioning and the so we got that product in our hands. June of last year, I put one guy in charge of the companies. We ended up doing a half a million dollars with one person running that company last year. This year, we've already hit two fifty, and we're on one pace. We're on pace to do one point five to two million. One guy running it, and we've been able to scale uh, that using the beta software into
0: twenty locations. What an amazing story! So many successful businesses start. It's about identifying gaps based on your own personal experience and saying we have got to build a better map, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And what is your vision? You know, what are the things that you see standing in your way of going from, we've got this beta, we've got to a place where we're pretty happy with the software. It's as an MVP or a V1 product, we're, we're say 90, 95% of the world there. What are some gaps you feel like you to fill before you can actually go live and get this thing launched? And then secondarily, how are you guys dealing with and I guess this is a this is perhaps a question in terms of the product management and the product roadmap and, and you may not be here yet, but one of the strengths of Shopify and Big Commerce are their app stores. And it's just like the iPhone or Android or whatever else the strength of the ecosystem around a platform oftentimes will define the success or failure of that platform. And we see the same thing with NetSuite and other SaaS platforms with suite apps. And we see pretty much if you look at zero and you look at the success of zero in the market, that's another question I have. What kind of accounting packages do you integrate with out of the box? So something like a zero, or is that on the roadmap? So I guess what does your ecosystem look like? Have you built it to be integratable from the ground up i.e. that have a full suite of apis because you know that this is going to have to be integrated with other business systems ultimately as your customers grow and scale and size so what what are you doing behind the scenes from a product perspective to make sure that an ecosystem can be built around your platform should it be successful
1: yeah absolutely that's a really great question so One part is, of course, QuickBooks Online is our number one integration we're going to do first, and that is not going to be included in the MVP as soon as it launches, but it'll be the very first thing that we incorporate will be QuickBooks Online. So that'll handle the accounting where all the orders that come in will feed directly over and input into someone's QuickBooks Online account. As far as allowing Click done to be customized with a bunch of different apps and stuff like Shopify does it. So there's, that's one thing I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack on coming out of the gate. And listen, I'm open to changing, especially if the market demands it. That'll be the only thing that gets me to change course once early in the, obviously as I move through a couple of years in, three years in, and we're growing, we'll probably start changing a lot of courses and going in the direction that our customers want. But out of the gate, it really is going to be a culture thing. And a lot of what I have to offer is showing new business owners or very early business owners how to properly run their business using technology. And that's I have one mandate with ClickDone, and that is to make the greatest impact with the least amount of effort. When I was little, I always studied perpetual motion, and I had this dream of being the person that found the secret to perpetual motion. I think e-commerce is one of the most beautiful things we have in the business world. My the three things I think about when I think e-commerce is trust, speed, and scale. And if I can get new business owners or just people that are dreaming of starting their own business and get them into my ecosystem and teach them how to run a business in the culture of click done, I think that in itself will yield such great results that any other distractions and trying to uh, make a, a bunch of other things work with us could take away from actually where we're trying to land this thing anyway. So I'm not in the beginning. Obviously, the way it's being built is very sound. I don't know all the technical terms, but I know that the guy that's building it right now has several multimillion dollar businesses that he built from the ground up and so he's very good at software design. He's too busy. I've tried to make him my co-founder. I'm still trying to talk him into it. I am still, by the way, if anybody hears this thing, I am still looking for a technical co-founder that can come on, help me, and wants to commit the next three to five years of their life to really launching this thing out because I have a whole marketing plan ready to rock and roll, and it's going to be big. But yeah, I think the culture of just simplicity is what the service business world needs. I think that for ever since the beginning of time, when people think services and service business and starting a business, it's been all about sales. There's so many old hats still roaming around that want to talk sales and shove sales books up your throat. Hey, it's all about the follow-ups. It's all about this. It's all about that. One thing that is obvious now in our culture is that sales are actually very easy. If you do a good job, you're honest and you can communicate, you can sell all day long. The real problem facing our world is not sales. It's fulfillment. That's the problem. And for the last couple of years, I watch the news constantly. I'm in the financial markets. I trade the markets as well. It's almost no one quite has really put their finger on what the heck is wrong with the world. And it's this gap between how far technology has gotten us and where it hasn't gotten us yet. Uber Eats, DoorDash, and a lot of these new service companies that are automating things, they figured it out. The first thing you automate in the services world is the sale. And then fulfillment will come later. We don't have robots flipping hamburgers yet, but that'll come. It's already in development. It'll happen. But right now, at least you can automate the sales. And so we need to do that for every electrician, every car wash guy, every landscaper, every roofer, every HVAC guy, so they can focus on their fulfillment, training their guys, hiring their guys, making sure their customers get a good job. And so that's what Click Done is about. So I'm going to be very, very careful to bring in any outside stuff that starts muddling it up because everything was built. And I can't wait for you to see it, Jason. I'll probably actually do a demo for you after we're done. If you're, if you have time, I'll actually let you see the software. It'll be fun for you to see how it works. But we use color. We use, we use a flow model to get people from like actually delivering an estimate or giving someone a price into actually them making the sale. And then we really focus on them completing the job. A lot of small business owners fail because they'll receive money for a job. They'll get this feeling that, oh, wow, I did it, but they haven't even done the job yet. So a lot of guys will end up spending money that they haven't even really earned. And so our model is built around helping people understand that it's about fulfillment. And so we automate the sales so i hope that answers your question i'm not opposed and obviously the market will dictate where we go i'm not going to be so hard-headed to just do it my way but i do believe the culture of click is really important for these small businesses as they're starting out and i have a feeling five, 10 years down the road we're going to have a massive marketplace of ClickDone done businesses that are for sale you can buy them transfer them sell them all on a click done marketplace because people are going to want click
0: done ran businesses because they're going to be stewarded. makes sense so effectively what we're saying is closed ecosystem to start but obviously as the platform grows and matures then hopefully as long as it's been architected smartly then there'll be a suite of apis where other platforms can be integrated via other middleware tools like zapier for example so that other systems can be integrated with your platform with relative ease get data out get data in and 100 it it makes sense and look building an app ecosystem or an app framework and an app store is an undertaking all of its own so i can completely understand not wanting to bite that piece of meat off to start with but certainly i think in the medium to long term it would create an opportunity and it seems like pretty much all the major successful, hyper successful SaaS platforms out there. They do have an app ecosystem. It takes a village. We, we as entrepreneurs, well, sure. We've got a lot of great ideas, but we don't have all the best ideas. And so therefore it does take
1: a hundred percent. And the thing, and that's the thing about ClickDone, like this, isn't just going to be for services this is, there's going to be a lot of product businesses that come in, see what we do, and they're going to like it way better than Shopify. Especially when it starts buzzing. So, of course, we're going to have to get plugins and apps built around shipping and freight and all the wonderful things that Shopify does. And also, of course, we plan to go international. And so that's going to be a big deal to us. And having different QuickBooks online may be huge in America, but that doesn't mean it's huge in another country. And so we know we're going to have to do that. I would also, it just reminds me too, just to mention, I think the reason that I landed here. Like I didn't just wake up and have this desire to have a, to own a SaaS company. Like this wasn't like a technical decision. This was just something where I was truly, I had a need and we built something that solved it. And then once I saw it, I was like, oh my God, the world needs this. So that's really what led us to here. I asked myself like, why hasn't Shopify, like people ask me like, well, doesn't Shopify do this? Doesn't Wix do this? Doesn't Squarespace do that? I'm like, you would think. You would think so. And and maybe they do. I had a friend tell me that there's a Shopify version in India that does something similar, but it's not in America. And I don't know exactly what he's talking about. But the whole point is, I think when things are started from a certain perspective, especially in the programming world, they just keep getting more and more iterated and they keep getting more and more weird and they keep getting more and more built out. And it's almost like a lot of these companies have gone so far down the rabbit hole that taking a step back and working backwards would not benefit them and their shareholders. So I think I have, it's like that book that Peter Thiel wrote, Zero to One. I think a lot of monopolies run their course after maybe 15, 20, 25 years. And sometimes the last to the market is actually the one that takes over the monopoly position because this one company said, hey, this is it. And this is the way we do it. And everyone agreed because it's working and it does work. But then towards the end of that monopoly phase, someone's, hey, hey, wait a second. I don't know why y'all are missing out on this, but this is the new way, but that company truly for them to transition into that is almost impossible because it goes against all of their belief systems and it goes against everything they've already built and done. So I think that's one of the major opportunities for ClickDone. And I wouldn't doubt, honestly, I wouldn't doubt if someone like Shopify or Wix comes along our product two, three, four years into it, and wants to buy it and plug it in to their existing ecosystem as this separate thing for the services industry. But I think for them, it is going to be too late to put something in there because it's just not going to be, it's not going to look right. They built all this stuff with product based businesses in mind. They don't have the heart and mindset for service based businesses. And that's really how we're getting into this thing.
0: Yeah. We see that all the time in the monopolistic players in an industry, they got there. And, but what got them from zero to one is not going to get them from one to a hundred and I think that Microsoft is probably a prime example of that. It took many years and a new CEO with a completely new vision of the world for them to even start thinking about creating SaaS versions of their software and creating cloud infrastructure and everything else, but look how successful they are now, but it took, it it took 10 years of pain and 10 years of slowing growth and 10 years of the market telling them you're not creating the things that we need or we want. And, and now we're back at a place where Microsoft is one of the biggest cloud players in the world with Azure. So businesses can pivot, but you're right. It's like turning the Titanic when you're at scale and you're a company, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's the situation at the end of the day.
1: And this is almost like my fallback plan, right? It's like, at the end of the day, I have a working business. The beta version is I can't depend on that forever. I need something better, something more stable, something more beautiful. And so at the end of the day, if I, you know, click done is used in-house and for all my friends and family members. And if it's just an organic thing and we make a hundred millionaires out of it, that's awesome. That's But I do have a feeling, I recently went to Africa to climb Kilimanjaro and it was really interesting to me. I wouldn't call it like uh, Tanzania, like a third world country or anything like that, but it was very underdeveloped. And it was interesting. Everybody had a cell phone. Every single person had a cell phone. But most of them were the old school Nokias that we haven't seen around here in America for eight, nine, 10 years. And so I got to think, I was like, hey, why don't y'all have the thousand dollar smartphone, the Apple phone? And they're like, we just can't afford that. But yeah, they are here and they are available. And so I started realizing again, that this, this business, this software- outside of America in these developing countries could very well be uh, a massive play, right? Because no matter what you're doing, whether you're washing dogs, maybe you're 16 and you're washing all the dogs in the neighborhood, or maybe you're just a meat vendor and you're selling uh, meat to all the tour guides that are climbing the mountain. Like you can put all this stuff on a, a, a domain name built by ClickDone. You have a menu. You literally just use your phone as the payments device or as the, the ordering device, the point of sale. And then they, boom, they place an order right then you plug in the information or you can accept their cash, whatever. And it's done. They get emailed a receipt, you get though everything. And so that's to me, a major opportunity.
0: Exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. Do you have a date in mind at this stage when you think you'll come out of beta and you at least v one will be available to the general public?
1: Yeah, so my developer has told me end of May, so that's pretty exciting. That's what, in two months, the very first thing we're going to do, obviously, and we may start plugging in before the end of May, but the very first thing we're going to do is plug in my existing company, localsodfarm.com. That obviously will be the customer, so to speak. I'll be a customer of my own business. So that'll be like the agencies and franchise model. And then once we test proof all that, which the good news about that is that that's a live working every day right now. I saw today we did about $35,000 in transactions just today at four different locations. So everything is going to get tested, plugged in. And then hopefully, yeah, by mid-May or I'm sorry, May, June. So hopefully by June, we're actually going to start launching our first ad campaigns.
0: Awesome stuff. Really exciting. And we'll be watching very closely once Click Done. And, and just for the audience's benefit, Click Done is not spelled C-L-I-C-K. It's C-L-I-K-D-O-N-E. So ClickDone.com is where your website is currently. And if people want to get a hold of you, where is the best place for someone to get a hold of you? Is it best for the see If you to now, you can click get Updates and you can effectively sign up and find out. Uh, presumably go on a mailing list for when for when you're going to launch etc so is that the best thing for people to do today to to find out more about click done is just sign up for the update
1: yeah. So if you're someone who's you think that you might want to use ClickDone in your own business or you're wanting to start a business using ClickDone, definitely go to the website. And like Jason mentioned, ClickDone is without a C. So C-L-I-K-D-O-N-E dot com. Just yeah, fill out your email address on the get updates. And we are going to be updating people there about when the version one comes out, links to how you can purchase it. And we're also too for people that come in early that already have existing businesses. We are going to be doing like some test clients where we might even give away just like the program free for six months, just to really onboard people. So that's an opportunity for anybody listening. If you want to get a hold of me personally, whether you're an investor or you just want to get to know more, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best way. And you just search for Eric and then last name of a bang, V-E-V-A-N-G on LinkedIn. And again, I'm very active in all this stuff. And so yeah, no one's going to bother me. Reach
0: Great stuff, Eric. Thank you so much for sharing with us now. New, new new segment of the podcast is where I turn over the microphone to you. I flip the script and I let you ask one question, any question you like of me, and I do my very best to answer it. So turning the mic over to you, Eric Vivang from ClickDone. What is your question for me?
1: Absolutely. So if you hadn't heard of ClickDone or seen what I'm doing or had this podcast today to learn more about me, Knowing that I I read a little bit about you that you see into the future, you're definitely a visionary, where and how would you describe how e-commerce molds and adapts to the service industry? What would have been your way of describing or maybe even your way of describing it now? Uh, Because I'm interested to see how similar it is to what I'm trying to do and what I'm envisioning or where I'm missing something, or maybe it's totally different. I'm just really interested in how you see e-commerce
0: serving the service industry. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It largely doesn't. The reality is I've been involved in e-commerce for over 20 years. You hit the nail on the head. The industry has always been orientated around physical goods primarily. And I think the reason for that is not so much that the service industry was intentionally ignored. It was more that e-commerce sprang out of the mail order catalog industry. That's really what the root Of e-commerce came from. And so when you were looking at the old school Sears back in the day, when you were looking at the old school Macy's back in the day, when you were looking at old school department stores, particularly when they were wanting to service rural customers that were nowhere near a major town or city where these stores were located, that's where the mail order catalog need came from. And so they were able to send their mail order catalog all over the United States, including to rural addresses, People could order through a mail order catalog, post that in, but with just slipping in an envelope, and then a month later, their goods would arrive. And so I I think that's primarily why e-commerce has gone the way that it's gone is because it's effectively just a digital version of a mail order catalog. And so I think that the services industry has been underserved for a very long time, as you have found out, trying to find platforms that can service that space. What I do and and with my clients and the vast majority of them that operate either some sort of hybrid of products and services, or they are effectively a services business is that we will go in and we will help them productize their services. And so that is that helps them to be able to scale more effectively because it, it forces them into a structure that is more like a product to be sold and fulfilled. And so it changes their mindset a little bit and it allows them to start thinking through the lens of a product versus through the lens of a service that has all those uh, idiosyncratic complexities as you've rightly described. And it forces them to streamline in many cases, it forces them to streamline their product model. It forces them to streamline their processes. It forces them to streamline their organizational design. It really forces them down a path of optimization that maybe they wouldn't go down If they weren't forced to go down that path in a product orientated platform model. And so you're right. I think that it's an underserved industry. I think you do have a very much a blue ocean space for what you're trying to do. And I I think it's very interesting. It's a very interesting space. And, and just speaking for myself, obviously I'm a consultant and I, because of the way that, that we work, we're on a subscription, we're effectively a SaaS based or a, a SaaS based consulting subscription. So it's a fixed monthly fee. And so when my clients come on board, I don't really need to execute through an e-commerce experience because we just set them up as a rebilling service inside of Zero, and the invoice automatically goes out and it's set up for auto pay and they can just pay via business credit card and it just happens every month without them having to think about it. But it's because I've productized my service that allows that to be so easy to fulfill. But For other businesses that have a mix, particularly like you were describing. So let's say your sod business, for example, you've got a mix of products and services, and that's what makes some of those service-based businesses much more complex. And there's not a perfect one size fits all e e-com platform out there. And I think that's why there is this blue ocean space for you and your business.
1: Uh, Yeah, man, you, that's it. You nailed it And, and that's it. And I think what I'm really excited about probably the most and really the holy grail of what we've done is the pricing calculator tool that we created in the back end and it's really like what you talked about so i use the word menu ties we actually have a trademark here because it's not a real word so i've applied for a trademark for the word menu ties so you said product ties so i, I like to tell people like hey we need to menu tie your skills and abilities and hey if you wash cars like On your e-commerce site, you need to have a picture of a sports car and it's, hey, sports car wash. And it's going to be a certain price for one of them. But when someone has two sports cars, well, there needs to be a price discount. That needs to pop up. And then there needs to be order add-ons, right? You need to be able to add on if you're going to do a wax, if you're going to do an interior cleaning, if you're going to do the... And then there needs to be that final thing as you're checking out, right? Like the pop-out, the pop-up. You need to have one of those to pay for an extra $15. And so we put all that in, but the pricing tool is what is amazing. So you can actually go in on the back end, select the product that you made, and then you're going to assign, or a service, product or service, you get to assign the cost of one, and then you get to assign like a secondary cost to it. So there, you get to play with two numbers. That second number really helps people understand my labor costs versus my material costs. And then you build your margin in that you want to profit on that second cost. What's really cool is with a lot of places where let's say material prices change, like this year, almost all of our sod prices went up because all we have to do is go into those pricing calculators, go to the one quantity, change the price of one and hit save and instantly it goes across the whole platform. So if you think about a plumber, the guys have these price books and one toilet costs X, three toilets cost this. If the client says, no, here's the lowest dollar you can give them. We made sure we did all that on the back end, made it easy to do. Yeah, man. It's it's exactly that. It's pricing, having pricing variables over quantity. And then when you do that, it still has to speak. the buyer it's no different than putting a candy bar at the checkout register it's got to make sense to the buyer they have to there can't be all these rubs there can't be all these bottlenecks they're wanting to buy something if you make it easy for them and it look you look trustworthy and you're actually it's actually going to work when you check out they'll buy all day long. So that's what we're trying to do, man.
0: Yeah, I guess if I was to use the language of the e industry for physical goods, we're talking about tiered prices and we're talking about cross-sells and upsells. That's effectively what we're talking about. If you were to sell one widget at one price, five widgets plus of the same item, this is the price per unit, 10 widgets plus, here's the price per unit. So you've brought in the, the, the concepts of tiered pricing plus cross-sells and upsell into the model, which is that's taking a leaf out of the, the product e-commerce playbook. And that makes complete sense that you would do that on, on a service basis as well. Look, Eric, I've learned a ton. Really appreciate your time. Wish you all the best. Would love to let's get you back on in six to 12 months. Let's see how your launch went. Let's see how the uptake is going. And look, I've learned a ton and as particularly around the services based space and love your enthusiasm, love your energy and wish you every success. I think you're going to, I think you're going to kill it, my friend. Thank you so much, Jason. Really appreciate you having me on here. Thanks for listening to the At The Coalface podcast. If you want more At The Coalface, you can subscribe to our premium e-commerce and digital newsletter, At The Coalface Digest.